Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right, Greg, um, I'm using BS as a transition here. So I want to talk about Major League Baseball testing and the kind of (laughs) storm that we saw over over the holiday weekend. What do you think is going on there? Do you think this is a situation that baseball is going to immediately be able to clean up? Or do you think we're going to see some more kinks in the road as this testing kind of evolves? Oh, I mean, the stars kind of align in the worst way for Major League Baseball because it was a holiday weekend, like you said. So logistically, things can be more difficult. That's what they ran into. There are a couple snags, and it happened to be the first major weekend to get this done in a smooth way. It's going to get ironed out. It has to get ironed out. There's just way too much incentive for these 30 owners to get this thing to the postseason. Uh, you know, at first, I, I thought, you know, all of these positive tests that were inevitable uh, and, and baseball's reaction to a lot of them would probably close this thing down. My feeling now, guys, is they're plowing through. And you could see things that are just dramatically crazy um, where COVID takes four or five starting position players uh, off of a team. And how teams – you know, Harold said it yesterday on MLB Tonight. We were talking about the Tampa Bay Rays. He's like, you know, there's no 25-man roster to look at anymore and go, who's got a better, who's got a better team? It's the 60-man roster. Who's got the most talent, one through 60? You're going to need all the depth you can get. And when you have a great farm system, the race of the number one farm system in the game, that's why they're kind of a, the sexy pick right now to, to go to the World Series out of the American League. It's a different sport. Yes, it's a sprint of 60 games, but it's the depth of 60 players you're going to need to survive this. Greg, I thought your breakdown last night in talking about the Rays was great. And I feel the Cardinals kind of do the same thing. But in, in talking about the different looks that hitters see throughout that Rays bullpen, that really would be difficult for a hitter to deal with if it's managed so that, obviously with a three-hitter minimum, so that those guys are seeing so many different looks during the course of one game. The hitters are, of, of the opposition are seeing so many different looks. It's a, I was blown away by it. Tom Verducci, who I think is the smartest man in baseball, uh, broke this whole thing down. And it kind of takes you inside the thinking of the Rays front office, which we always knew was outside the box. And I was blown away by it. My, my follow-up question last night is, wait, so there's a chance bullpenning has been taken to such a, a high level that you have different positions in the bullpen based on what your specialty pitch is. So to me, it's all been done, such as a coincidence, but the Rays were looking for a guy with a wipeout slider. They don't care if he has no fastball command. They just want this one pitch to be a different look to the opposition. I have a four-seamer, a guy that can ride it up in the zone, and, and you know, he throws 88 miles an hour with that four-seamer, but it's such a different look. Uh, Alvarado, the lefty, he's got a two-seam fastball that he throws at 100 miles an hour that's got tailing action. 
it almost looks like a screwball at times because it's going into a left-handed hitter. So all of their pitches, all of the weapons that they have, it's not just dead brain heavers who are throwing 100 miles an hour. There are teams that were kind of looking for that. One of the teams just last year, probably two years ago, the Philadelphia Phillies brought all these young guys up in their bullpen, and we were like, whoa, the Phillies got a bullpen. All these guys throw 100, but they couldn't get anybody out. Everyone knew what was coming. It was up the fastball. That's all these guys can bring to the table. The Rays did things differently. They went to the scrap heap. They found pitchers that were cast-offs that didn't have a repertoire, but they had a pitch. They had one pitch that they could add spin to with their analytics department, and now they've got a specific weapon in that guy. And I'm telling you, what I've come to learn in the game is if the Rays are doing it, everyone follows suit. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I would not be surprised to see the Cardinals have a similar look and other teams kind of embody this, this, this ideology of we don't need finished products in the bullpen. We need guys who can do one specific thing for us and do it well. Greg, the topic of conversation today in St. Louis surrounds Carlos Martinez. If this was a normal 2020 season, we would see him make his return to the rotation, but it's not. He had returned to practice. Mike Schilt says he looks very sharp. He looks ready to go. He wants to be a starter, but there's a lot of people saying, hey, with Jordan Hicks not ready to go, with Giovanni Gallegos not at camp yet, is Carlos Martinez the guy that you slot in that closer role? So question to you, Carlos Martinez, would you use him as a starter or would you put him back in, in the closer role? I would put him in the closer role for now. It's The closer role is going to be incredibly important. Uh, blown saves will cost you the season, bottom line. Now people are like, well, wait a minute. you got to get to the ninth inning before you even have a save opportunity. So you need good starting pitching. I don't think you're going to see a lot of guys going deep in games. I just don't think that's going to happen right away. We had this argument last night where, oh, the, the Max Scherzer is going to be throwing eight, nine innings right out of the chute. Well, maybe Max Scherzer because he's going to be 36 years old in a couple of days and he's not under contract till he's 48. You know, but Steven Strasburg's not doing that. They've made a huge investment in this guy. There are guys, these young Walker Buehler's not doing that. There are going to be young pitchers. Jack Flaherty, I love the kid. He's the best pitcher in the National League going into 2020, in my opinion. But I don't see him throwing eight innings until there's probably two weeks to go left in this in the season. I just don't see it happening. The circumstances surrounding the season were so odd, and baseball players are such creatures of habit. Their their routine has just been thrown out of whack. So I just don't think that's going to happen. I think Carlos Martinez needs to save games for the Cardinals, even though he's a top stepper. I've always called that. I've always described him that way. There are certain guys that just you hold your breath, and he seems to be that guy in the ninth inning, but he's got the best stuff for that role if Gallegos isn't going to be ready to go. If Gallegos is back, I'd rather have him there. I still keep Carlos Martinez as a long man out of the bullpen. Make the bullpen a weapon with as many young, talented arms as you can. I think the starting pitching is good without Carlos Martinez. Greg, which good team is most affected by opt-outs? Is it the Braves with Nick Markakis, the Dodgers with David Price, or the Nationals with Zimmerman and Joe Ross? I would say the Dodgers, because David Price was going to be that extra. They, they were really going to put their finger on, on the necks and press down on the opposition with their depth of starting pitching. Clayton Kershaw is a future Hall of Famer, first ballot Hall of Famer. I just don't know if his dominant days are in the rearview mirror. Is David Price dominant? I don't know if he's dominant, but David Price in the National League, I like the sound of that. You know, I've been dying to see it. You know, this is a guy that's been in the AL East repeatedly his whole career. And we look at his, the back of his baseball card and we're like, ah, you know, he's, he's good. He's a left-handed Mike Messina statistically with more strikeouts. Wait a minute. Mike Messina was a Hall of Famer and just happened to pitch against the best competition year in and year out. I think David Price in the National League was going to be awesome. I think he was going to be great. 
And it, that is a major blow to that team because they are the favor of the National League to go to the World Series. They are built to do it. The other concern and the other reason I would answer David Price, you know, his teammate and good friend Mookie Betts had made comments regarding David Price's decision. And, man, I'm telling you, Mookie Betts, to me, it sounds like if he could do the same thing, he would. But he needs the service time to be a free agent at the end of the year. And if he opts out, he has a whole other year left, and that's a whole other year of age and his life, and that just costs you money, unfortunately. The younger, the better. So he doesn't seem like he's all in to want to play this year, especially with his good buddy coming over from Boston, David Price, opting out. David Price got his money. He already got paid. He didn't have to worry about another free agent contract. He's set. Mookie Betts, that's a different story. So to see the, the mental struggle after the Price opt-out, and he's the guy that makes Mookie Betts feel extra comfortable in his new digs, I would answer David Price is the one that's going to hurt the Dodgers the most. All right, final thing for Greg Amsinger. I want you to help out some of the golfers in our audience because you work with a lot of pitchers. You play golf with a lot of former Major League pitchers. Pitching and golf are so similar in that you have to focus, whether it's uh, on mechanics and pitching and repetition uh, or mechanics and golfing and repetition and focus. And I texted you the other day that I I started actually competing with myself and it made such a big difference. The mental aspect of golf and focusing in on every shot is what it's all about. It is. And what I've learned from the pitchers that I play golf with, most notably Dan Plesak, who is a three handicap, John Smoltz, scratch golfer. You see him playing golf channel all the time. He's been on the senior tour. Guys like that, it's the mix. It's the obsession of their swing mechanics, but they never lose sight of being athletic. So think of pitching mechanics. They've done it so many times on the mound. And while they have all of these thoughts that go through their head of how to duplicate and replicate their mechanics perfectly, they still remind themselves to be athletic as they go down the mound. To me, that's the most fascinating part about watching these guys play. While they do have thoughts, they never take their foot off the gas pedal when they throw their hands down at that ball with a pitching wedge. Like It is complete and utter trust. The amateur guys like us, when we're you know on a tight lie 50 yards away from the green, we're like, uh, we decelerate so many times. We don't trust our athleticism because the thoughts overtake our athleticism. Those guys are pure athletes first who then work on their mechanics, and they never ever lose sight of the fact that their mechanics will are as important as their athleticism. They throw their hands. If they chunk that, that, that 60 degree wedge, they don't care because they're going to be athletic the whole time. If I could do it, I would, I would bottle it up and I would put it in first class mail and I'd send it to you, Randy. because <laughs> I, I struggle hey. with it as well, but it's hard to turn the brain off sometimes just be an athlete, man. And nobody will ever say Randy Carricker and pure athlete in the same <laughs> sentence. <laughs> swing bro no i like the way you got a good game man i'm telling you after the text the way you, you described it i was like randy's gonna be a single digit handicap here soon i'm telling you i'm, I'm working i'm uh, hey i gotta do something with work in these mornings so it's golf in the afternoon <laughs> right a good schedule bro